and welcome back to the Inflorescence Podcast. As always, my name is Bree and I'm the host. Today's episode is uh, pretty long, um, but very important. And I just want to let everyone know that the sound quality will be changing from the intro into the episode because um, unfortunately I didn't have my mic and the recording um, just sounds a little um, low quality, but it's totally fine. We can power through. There's a lot of important stuff in this episode and I didn't want to um, re-record it um, and be inauthentic in any way. Second, for anyone who hasn't seen, um, as I do every week, our interactive post is up on Instagram. Um, Last week was on self-care. This week is on meditation and meditation tips. Uh, In the post, I do ask if you meditate, if you'd like to start meditating. Um, And if you do, what's your favorite form of meditating? Uh, Personally, for me, just to share with you all, um, I do both guided and unguided meditation. When I'm doing guided meditation, I focus on uh, deep breathing and um, sometimes imagining scenic views. I also really enjoy unguided meditation with um, specific music and lo-fi tunes that I have on a Spotify playlist that I have shared as well as a guided meditation playlist that I've shared. Um, And yeah, so I use it to mostly at night kind of get myself ready to sleep, center myself. Um, It's also a form of self-care, of course, as I mentioned in last week's post, but Um, It definitely helps um, put things into perspective about your day and get ready for tomorrow, however um, you like to see it. I also sometimes do it in the morning. If I'm doing it in the morning, maybe on a day that I know is going to be stressful or busy, um, and I just need to, again, center myself and get ready for it. Um, Usually I'll do deep breathing again or some sort of positive affirmations um, with unguided meditation or sometimes even in silence because Um, It really only takes a few seconds or a few minutes um, to to meditate. It doesn't have to be um, very long. And at times, guided meditations can be anywhere from two minutes to 30 minutes to an hour to multiple hours. So, um, yeah, it's definitely up to preference. That is mine. And I'd love to hear um, everyone else's preference if you'd like to share. Before I get into the whole episode, I just want to introduce Jess. Jess is a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine. Um, She does a lot and she will definitely explain it all to you um, in the episode. She offers a lot of insights about growth, um, healing, forgiving yourself and forgiving others in a way that helps you forgive yourself internally. Lots of things, um, lots of awesome things that I'm very excited for y'all to hear. So um, let's just jump right in and I hope you all enjoy the episode. Very thankful that you joined me today. This is going to be probably like my favorite podcast because it's just always fun to do it with a friend and not like somebody I'm not really close with but um you're like one of the most dynamic people that I know and with that also being said like surface level there's a lot there um even if Mm -hmm. like you don't get into like a personal depth um so that makes you very like approachable that makes you very friendly so I feel like anybody watching this who doesn't know you is going to feel like your best friend by the end of this said there's also um some more stuff there that uh mm-hmm. people don't really see is like social media of course like you and I talk about a lot of things because we're close but people hide a lot of stuff from the internet <laughs> um but like you're also just I mean you do everything what don't you do <laughs> is like honestly I don't know I feel like I stick my hand in everything at this point in my life so 
But yeah. I mean, it's nice. I agree. Everything on social media is like 2%. Like, and I think that people forget that often. Like, it's such a, I have such a love-hate relationship with it. Like, it brings me so much closer to so many people. Like, we met on social media, what, like 10 years ago at this point. And like, mm-hmm. the relationships that you can create it, are amazing. But it also is so hard that our entire life basically revolves around social media and like comparing ourselves to other people. But it also gives you the platform to reach so many people that you literally would never even come in contact with so right and that's exactly what you do I feel like you're I mean you post a lot you, I mean put it out there you're a mental health advocate you're an LGBT mm-hmm. advocate so you post a lot about that stuff but you're also an artist you're a writer like I, I don't know what to label you guys because there's so much there <laughs> I don't so even, like I can't if I was asked I couldn't label myself like I really feel like I have no idea and at this point in my life I feel like I just am unapologetically me yeah and if someone doesn't like that I'm at the point where I just really don't care and maybe I'm like a hodgepodge of everything but that's also fine because I'm not going to just limit myself to doing one thing and being like okay well I'm just a writer I'm just an artist or I'm just a therapist like there's no point in doing that like I'm just going to do whatever makes me happy on whatever given day yeah what we really all should do (laughs) I, I agree 100%. I mean, let's just get into it. Aren't you like, tell everyone what you do? Don't label yourself because we just went through that. <laughs> you don't have any specific label. But okay. um, like, what do you do? What makes you just? Well, I am I'm an ABA therapist for kids, um, early intervention. I'm also an artist. I run a small business. I wrote a book. I spend a lot of my time like volunteering and advocating for mental health on and off of social media. Um, I just think that like at this point in my life, like so much of who I am, like is surrounded by like the mental health community. And like, it's all, it's all I really want to do. It's the only impact that like, I feel I really want to have. And, like, I'm very lucky that, like, I have so many, um, like, friends and mentors and things like that that work in the mental health field because it gives me the, it gave me the opportunity to step into it myself. And if I have, like, one goal in life, like, it's just to make, like, even a small difference, like, in that field. And, like, all of it goes back to that. My social media goes back to that. Who I am as a person goes back to that my job, my, my day, my real job, my nine to five, like working with kids who have autism and special needs and things like that. And like just being an advocate. And I think that so much of that comes from not having one when I was growing up. And I think that now being able to do that and use the voice that I've given back to myself to try to help other people is just really important to me. And like, my entire small business is also like surrounded by mental health. It's, it all goes back to that. Like, so who knows where I'll end up and what I'll end up actually doing, but I know that it'll be something that has something in that field. So. Right. As long as you're helping people out, I feel like that's like the core to everything that you do, even like not to, you know, I don't want to dwell on the vacation that we took a few years ago, but um, even that, like, you know, like you were kind of like the person who set that up, you like introduced me to a community of people that, um, you know, I didn't know prior and that for a while were really prominent in like my self-discovery. And I feel like that's like, that's who you are. That's how a lot of people see you. 
Um, and there's also a lot of pressure with that. Um, yes. And I, I think I that people, like, especially, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> like at this point in my life, like I have a lot of people, especially people, new people that I meet that like create this idea of me that I'm just like, like I recently met someone and she's like, you're just like the strongest like person that I know. And like, you just really know who you are and like, you know what you want to do. And like, I don't get me wrong. I do. But I think that it's really hard for some people to like realize that like, it took me a really long time to get there and a lot of really low lows and a lot of like falling down. And like, I spent so many years like hating myself, hating who I was and like all of that, like, just changed when I decided to just be who I was unapologetically like not only is it hard growing up with like mental illness but it's also I grew up gay and unaccepted and like that all plays a part in who you are and being able to be 25 now and not feeling like that 16 year old kid who was just so unbelievably like lost in the mix and so unaccepted and like being able to look at myself now and go like, I don't really need anybody else to accept who I am because I accept who I am. And I'm lucky enough that like, I ended up surrounding myself with people like you and who just allow you to grow into the person that you are like without any kind of judgment whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the people that you surround yourself with just have such a huge impact on who you are. And getting to the point where you're willing to cut people out of your life because they're toxic or because they don't accept you or things like that. It's never easy cutting out your parents or coming out and being unaccepted. Like nothing mm -hmm. about it is easy, but at the end of the day, it makes you so much happier in your day-to-day -day life. And like yeah. the biggest thing that I've ever given myself is like giving myself the forgiveness that other people can't give me, like giving me the closure that other people can't give me. Yeah, right. And that's huge. That's like a something that most people don't get to that point of, you know, like I don't have to get, you know, any sort of uh, positive outlooks from anyone else as long as I have that for myself. Because like, mm -hmm. doesn't matter what anyone thinks of you as long as you're kind of, you know, doing things for yourself. And you can always, your family is never like the only thing you have and you can create your own family. And that's exactly that's huge for uh 16 year old you and I felt like six year old me like needed that too even though my parents fortunately mm -hmm. are accepting at the time when I wasn't out I needed to find that family I need to find that community and that's I mean we became friends because of Tumblr a lot of people mm -hmm. our age and in our community <sighs> that's how we know everyone that's where we and started like, yeah everyone was able to find community on Tumblr and I mean the LGBT community on Tumblr, specifically the lesbian community, because that's where we were emerged in, is huge. And I'm like mm -hmm. shocked every day when I'm like, oh, I think I remember that person from Tumblr. And like, yep. I was 16 and I'm 24 right now. Like, mm -hmm. it's insane. Um, but we all went through that. And whether or not we have accepting parents and accepting people in our lives, we try to find family that fits us. We found acceptance yeah. from other people. Right, exactly. Right. And it's the same way as you find forgiveness in yourself, you, you have to find it in a way that is beneficial to you. Getting forgiveness from other people may not matter. Like it doesn't, mm -hmm. somebody could, you know, be upset with you, forgive you. And it's just like, well, <laughs> that didn't help. Exactly. It's like finding your way through it. Yeah.
And like, I just feel like it's, it, it is crazy to think about being friends when we were so young and so little and how far we've come. And to think that like, now you're a counselor, you work in the mental health field, like right. you created this podcast in order to reach people that don't have the ability to get the help that maybe somebody with the means does have. Right. Like, and that's why, that's the part that I love about social media, about podcasts, about all of these things. When, when we were 16, nobody talked about mental health. Like right. if I say this all the time, if I would have just had somebody, any kind of role model that would have just said like, it is okay to feel how you're feeling and there is help out there. And here are the resources for you to find it then I probably wouldn't have felt so crazy and so alone for so long. And now, like, I know for a fact that people form opinions of me based on what I post on social media. And maybe they think that all I talk about is mental health. And honestly, probably, but I don't (laughs) care. Because if I view it as if the one thing that you say, one post that you make changes an outlook for somebody or make somebody want to go to therapy or talk about their feelings or even reach out to you personally. And like, you have no idea what anyone else in this world is going through. And like, I can't tell you how many times a simple conversation with someone as a kid saved my life. And it sounds crazy, but it's true. Like the way that you treat people, you, you would have never known what anyone is going through. No one ever knew what I was going through as a kid because I slapped a smile on my face. I went to school. I got good grades. I graduated. I did what I had to do. Absolutely mm-hmm. no one knew what was going on behind the scenes. They never knew the struggle. And that's what made it so hard because I looked so fine. But I had no one to talk to about not being fine. And that's why it all just built up inside until I exploded. And I'm really, really lucky that I had an amazing high school guidance counselor who is basically still like my mom. And as a 15, 14, 15, 16 year old kid, I had absolutely like no want. I never wanted to graduate high school, let alone go to college or make it to 25. I had no plans. I had no intentions. I had none of that. And having that person at that age who, where everyone else looked at me as this lost cause, having someone who looked at me and just like saw me for me and basically told me that what I was going through was important and I was going to be okay, like forced me to fill out college applications, took care of me when I needed it. Like she used to say to me all the time that like, you can take everything that has happened to you and you can let it define you or you can let it fuel you. Like you get to make that choice. And I think that that's something that I didn't understand for a really long time. I had this woe is me attitude as a kid. Why did this happen to me? Why are my parents like this? Why am I unaccepted? And for a long time, until I changed that narrative of like, I get to choose, like I get to wake up tomorrow and I get to decide that this is my life. And if I want to be sad, I still have bad days and I'm still sad. But at the end of the day, I get to make that decision. Like I wake up and it's my life. If I want to have a good day, that's on me. I get to wake up and have a good day. Like it's all in how you see it and your perspective. And obviously mine has changed so drastically, especially over the last few years. And I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so thankful that I had so many people that were so supportive of me when I needed it. And like, at the end of the day, that's all I want to be for someone at some point in their life. And at that, like, at that point, I, I just view it all as an, as a success. 
that 16 year old kid, she succeeded. Once that happens, that's it. Like I'm, I'm, I feel fulfilled. That's, that's it. Yeah. It, it was just like one person it doesn't have to be the world. And I think that's like one of the things that I preach like, you're not changing the world ever. You're changing something small to make a little bit of a difference. You're not necessarily changing uh, society and society's perspectives, mm-hmm. but if you change or help somebody you know, alter their perspective, this can be a parent, a grandparent, an aunt or uncle who, for example, um, is not gay affirming. If you speak mm-hmm. to them and you help them become gay affirming or like help them have a better understanding, that's, that's an impact that's going to change. Mm-hmm. That's, that's generational change, you know, like, yes. Yeah. That means your cousin is, or whoever is related to that person ends up coming out. That's one less person experiencing the amount of trauma or, you know, the acceptance. Right. The one small action has, it's the whole ripple effect, like mentality of one thing you do is going to change it for a lot of people. And that's kind of my goal too. Um, mm-hmm. Being a mental health counselor, like you never have more than uh, like 30 to 40 clients. So obviously I'm not yeah. changing the world with, my caseload but if mm-hmm. I'm helping someone be a better person they help somebody else be a better person and it's just and it's constant and that's mm-hmm. like literally the only thing that matters um and, and eventually like, that's how you change the world right right like at the end of it the world might change when I'm not here and I may not have been like mm-hmm. the person that's who's gratification thing right don't You're, turn like, around tomorrow and reap the benefits exactly but long term and it's it's crazy to think about it that way but that's one of the big reasons why I went into psychology and like I saw endless amount of people who were going through struggles that like I was just like I wish I could help like I wish I could do something Mm -hmm. and we're 15 16 years old like I mean you know I feel like on social media I mean social media now is completely different than when it was when we were on it and you know Mm -hmm. we had our little community but um at the same time if somebody posted something and we were worried about it we would reach out to them like yeah you know like we were so close without even knowing each other <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's not what social media is now at least not from what I can know it's some other people. on such a larger platform and it's it's much right. less personal now at least exactly. on a larger scale there are so many influencers that sometimes I feel like the good really gets lost in the mix but 100%. It has its pros and cons, and yeah. it's not going away anytime soon. Nope. So I might as well do what I can with it. Right, exactly. And that's like my whole point of this, too. Like, I had social media presence when I was a teenager, like everyone else does. And when I got into my 20s, I was like, I don't, I don't want to be on social media. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel any joy in being on social media, but doing this is like the little bit of purpose I needed yeah. to feel motivated to have that social media presence and I mean Mm -hmm. it's a marketing tool of course like that's always like a benefit out of it I was told to you know make TikToks because that's the Mm -hmm. way that you reach people it's just the reality of how things is if you want to make an impact you got to be where the people are (laughs) you have to to be where the people are and you have to you have to find a balance like I tell myself like you you go on you say what you need to say you interact with who you need to interact with and stop doing all of the comparison like don't sit there don't compare yourself to what you're seeing on social media because the fact of the matter is it is everybody's top two percent of their life nobody's life looks like it actually is on social media 
And I think that's such a good part about having a platform like this and like actually talking about not just the good, but the bad. Like, hey, sometimes my life doesn't look this pretty. Like sometimes people struggle and that's okay. And now, especially with so many influencers, we literally just see the best parts of everyone. And then you sit in your bed and you're scrolling on your phone for three hours and you're going like, I'm doing nothing with my life today. And this person is in LA or in California or like in another country sitting on a beach and my life is so terrible and it's not true. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's very, it has a very warped view of society because of it. But if everyone could just show it all, like if you could just, if you could just even a, a minuscule piece of the bad, then maybe everyone would stop comparing themselves so heavily. Yeah. And I feel like that's been something that you've been very like prominent on for a while. You, I mean, you know, we always saw you doing well and like all these good things happening mm-hmm. to you, but every once in a while, something would come up and you're like, I want to talk about something heavy. I want to talk about something different. Something mm-hmm. that happens to me or like how I'm feeling about the world right now. And that's so big. I applaud you because I don't even do that. I find like, myself being like I don't want to share you know my family's mm-hmm. on social media I don't want them to know oh a hundred and sometimes I think I forget that like my family a lot of my extended family follows the things that I say and the things that I do and for a really long time I remember the very first time that I ever posted something about my mental health and I talked about the fact that like when I was 19 I I tried to take my own life and that for me was the absolute turning point like I was so I felt so alone and I felt so crazy and I just was so unable to find any resources to find anyone that I felt like cared at the time I wasn't out to my family I I I couldn't find one good thing about myself if you had asked me then and finally like going to therapy, being hospitalized and like someone looking at me and being like, you're not crazy. Like your brain just really works differently because of trauma. And like, that's all right. You're not always going to feel like this. Like it is going to change. And I sat in the stigma of that for so long and I never shared that experience or I never shared how low I felt at that point until a few years later. And the very first time I did it, I was sitting there I posted it I threw my phone across the room and I was like what did I just do like now all of these people have the ability to create this perception of me that I don't have control over all of these people know my deepest darkest secrets and the worst thing that's ever happened to me but then you get one person who says something like this was really relatable and it honestly really helped me today Like, I needed to hear this. I needed to hear that it gets better. I needed to hear that it's not always perfect. And like, from that, from my standpoint, I, at the time, I looked like the happiest person in the world. Mm -hmm. I was in a relationship. I was loved. Uh, I was, I had a 4.0 in college at the time. And you would have never known the struggle that I was going on behind the scenes. And finally putting that out there it wasn't just for other people, but it also just lifted this huge weight off of my own shoulders to be like, this is who I am. And this is what I struggle with. And that's all right. And if you struggle with it too, then 
we can talk about it. Like, because I wish that at 19, I had had someone to talk about it with. And yeah. now I've been doing it for, I think like five years or something like that, much more openly than before. And now I just, I have no shame there. I have absolutely. And that's the biggest thing that I could give myself is having no shame in talking about the things that are bothering me and like my emotions, like they're mine and everything that I feel is valid and putting it out there. Like all I can do is hope that it helps somebody else realize that like going to therapy, isn't this like, isn't this crazy thing. It's not this huge thing. It's not always going to be perfect. Like, and it still isn't like I could sit here and preach that like I've come so far and, but I'm not going to act like I don't have days where like, I still don't get out of bed or mm -hmm. like, I don't experience anxiety or I don't like break down because I do, it happens all the time. But now I can acknowledge that this is just a bad day. Like this is not the end of the world. Right. Like I still want to be here. I still want to make a difference. I, this, I want my life and that is the difference. And I only got here because of the people around me that supported me. And if you don't have that support system at home, which I didn't, it's really hard to find one. But I can promise literally anyone that there are people out there that care about you and thinking that like your life doesn't matter. And if you're gone, no one's going to care. It's absolutely not true. And like, if you need, if anybody needs a person, like my DMs are always open. My social media is always there. Like you can always reach out to me. Like, and I will talk to you day and night. I have absolutely no problem doing that. And like the relationships that you'll create and the, the moment, all of the, the people, the, the memories, the moments, the laughs, all of it that I would have missed out on, like had I died, <laughs> would have been so sad. And I have experienced so much and created so many happy memories that I'm so glad I stuck around to see. And it's so hard to see that it gets better like when you're in the midst of it, but it does. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> you speak like, just oh, just keep going, preach it, let yeah. everyone know. I feel like this is literally like, if you had a slogan, it would literally be like, tomorrow's better than today or something. Cause like, it literally, I feel like even with struggles and, I had struggles, you like so many people mm -hmm. do and mental health can feel so isolating because of the stigma, because of like fear of being judged. Like I probably could never post my struggles online and be like, okay, whatever. Like everyone knows about me. And I'm like, I don't, not that mm -hmm. I don't want that out there because I have shared before, but no, like, but it's really hard. Yeah. It's hard to know that you, social media is a place where people can form opinions of you and you don't get to defend yourself exactly you're not in the room you're not with these people it's not like someone is saying something to your face people get to read this and form their own opinion and that's what I struggled with for a really long time because I know that there are negative opinions of me out there but at the end of the day I can go to sleep knowing that I feel like a good person knowing that I feel like I made a difference and that's all that matters to me and it took me a really really long time to get there and to be like I genuinely don't care what you think of me because right. it doesn't define me. Like I get to decide that. I get to decide who I am. And right. once I decided, once I came to that realization, that was pretty much it for me. Like you will not, you will not catch me going back. You don't get to decide who I am. And it took me so long to get there. And I think that especially for kids in like the LGBT community with like 
unaccepting parents like it's really hard to find who you are like I spent so I've known that I was gay since I was six and I spent so many years hiding and pretending and even though I came out at 17 and was completely disowned by my family I pushed myself right back in the closet and I decided that I would make myself really small to fit into this mold that other people created for me. And I continued to do that for a really long time subconsciously, not just for my family, but in relationships, in friendships and things like that. I did whatever I had to do to fit into other people's lives and then woke up one day and wondered why I didn't feel like I was living my own. And it's because I made myself small because my entire life I was made small. So I got to decide, and it's, this is years of intense therapy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I did not come to these realizations on my own. I had amazing therapists over the last decade. And for a long time, I didn't even want to go to therapy. Like I, I thought it was this huge joke, especially before ever stepping into the, the field of psychology. Like how could somebody else help me with my problems if I can't help me with my problems? But having someone there that can validate you, especially like as an LGBTQ teen, is so important when you don't get that validation from your parents. Like having a professional tell you that like, this is normal. Like you're allowed to love who you love and that's perfectly okay. And it eventually just got to the point where I just stopped caring. And even now, I mean, it's been nine years since I came out and this past month and a half is the first time that my mother has ever openly acknowledged me being gay. Openly said the words girlfriend, acknowledged. She's known for years that you're gay. All of my, mm -hmm. 90% of my friends are a part of the community. Yeah. And for years, I hid where I was going, what I was doing, who I was with, because it didn't fit into this mold. I could be gay, but I could be gay behind the scenes. I couldn't just openly and unapologetically be me. I couldn't say who I was with. I couldn't say I'm going to pride today or I'm hanging out with Brie and their girlfriend. Like I, I couldn't do that. And now I've just gotten to the point where I'm not going to hide who I am so that it makes other people comfortable because I spent nine years being uncomfortable with myself. And eventually people will catch up yeah. and it's taken her nine years <laughs> and I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have to think about this, like this tiny little crumb of hope. But I also know that no matter what, with or without that acceptance, I have accepted me. And there are other, so many other people around me, adults, like family members, chosen family that accept me for me, that if your parents are unaccepting, you, you you kind of just end up waking up one day a few years later and going like, you know what? I can't keep living my life for my parents because what am I going to do? Live it for them until they die and just be miserable? What is the point of that? It's not going to get me anywhere. Like I just woke up and I was like, I want to get married and it's not to a man. And I want to have a family and I want to have a happy life and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do it with a woman. And mm -hmm. if you don't like that, don't come to my wedding. Don't be a part of my life because my life will continue to go on without you and it will be much happier without your unacceptance. Right. And people then 
they'll either decide to change or they'll walk away. But if they walk away, they shouldn't have ever been in your life in the first place. And you're really not losing anything. Exactly. It's like, and that, even if it's your parents, like, there's nothing worth losing yourself over. Yeah. You can, losing family, and like, this is hard to say, but losing family is easier than losing yourself. It may not yeah. seem that way, but at the end of it, you're going to realize that there's nothing more that you want in life than to be who you are. That that's not only for LGBT kids and teens and adults because still adults struggle with this it's also it's anything it could be like the like high school musical thing of like I'm not living out my dream I'm living out yours like even that like it's the same thing if you're doing things to please your parents but it's not anything you want to be doing you're going to be in a really unhappy Right. You're going to be in a place where you want to like do a 360, I mean a 180, sorry, not 360. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to, you're going to want to pull a 180 and just like change your entire life. Mm-hmm. And that could be harmful. Like that's when people start to go in harmful directions, drugs and alcohol yeah. come in. Like it's just, just do things that make you happy. Even if it's going to, if you're going to end up by yourself, at least you're by yourself and happy and not, and you won't be by yourself forever. No, not at all. Like you do what you love, the people come. Right. And like-minded people come. Right. If you're like always trying to hide who you are and not being authentic, you're going to be surrounded by people who are also unauthentic and are just, you're going to have fake friends, people who don't give a shit about you or what you do or your well-being it's not going to matter when you start caring about yourself and like literally you have to cut out toxic people in your life and like as psych majors as people who like Mm -hmm. you know did all this you're we are taught you can't go into this field if you're surrounded by toxicity because it's going to burn you out quicker you have to learn how to weed it out cut it out it's going to hurt it's going to be hard but it's what you need and like beyond this field it's what everyone needs you can't grow in toxic roots plants don't grow when their roots are rotted so how and I feel like exactly I feel like it's so hard like I mean I struggled for a really long time with walking away from people like romantic relationships friendships family whoever it was because that like nobody talks about how lonely it is when you cut everybody out like and although it's necessary it's extremely necessary for you to grow it is really really fucking lonely Mm -hmm. for a while Mm -hmm. especially now in our 20s and I'm at a point in my life where like uh the most important thing to me no longer is going out every single day of the week and drinking and partying and it's just it's not what I want to do with my time don't get me wrong I, I still love to have a good time and get together with my friends and that's perfectly fine but having that realization and still being surrounded by a lot of people that that's all that they wanted to do. I went through a really lonely phase where I just started to say like, no, I don't want to go out today. No, I don't want to drink. If you want to do something else, if you want to go for a hike, if you want to go for a run, you want to go for a walk, like if you want to go do run errands with me, like literally anything else, I will do that with you because mm-hmm. I would still love to spend time with you. But going on a bender isn't going to help me. <laughs> And I mean, I recently like went through a breakup a couple months ago and the very first thing that anyone said to me was, do you want to go get a drink? 
And especially at our age, I think that that is the very first thing that people go to. And everyone was shocked when I said no. No, I don't want to. And I didn't drink for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I actually healed. (laughs) Like I actually gave myself the mindset to heal because I didn't just go on a bender, which is what I did every time I was unhappy with anything in my life, a job, a relationship, a friendship, a bad day at work. The very first thing that ever crossed my mind was I want to get a drink or I don't want to think about this. And deciding to not do that was the best thing I've ever done for myself because it really also just speeds up your healing process because you actually have to feel the feelings and let them move on instead of just at the end of the day, you're still going to feel them. You're just also then going to be drunk and crying in the middle of a bar. Right. Right. And like we, we went on vendors together and I'm not ashamed to say it because it's like you said, people our age, we do it. And during that time, you know, and a few other people know, I was not in a good relationship. I was in a very bad place. And the only thing that like, I was like, oh, let's go to Philly. Let's go hang out with them. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like the thing that I did to get away from it while also not being, because I couldn't escape it. But it was a way of like, if I'm drinking, if I'm with friends, I can kind of ignore it. And it's not there. Exactly. And then I come home and I'm there for like Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday is hell and then Saturday is cool because I'm with and it's it's just not it's not healing it will never be healing ever and like I'm not saying don't drink if you're doing it in moderation and you're yes healthy and happy and you're doing well fine but self-awareness is the biggest part and being able to acknowledge like what you're feeling and that it's there like I don't just go out now because I'm upset like I can say like you know what I'm upset like this this hurts but like why don't I like go get a drink with my friends or like why don't I go out and I'll only have one but I'll still have the opportunity to like dance and hang out with my friends and I don't go out with the mindset of like I want to get fucked up because I don't want to feel anything like now having the ability to be self-aware and like understand my feelings and accept them has been an absolute game changer yeah yeah and same like I as soon as I stopped going out to drink and doing all that stuff is when I was like hey I'm in a bad Mm -hmm. bad place and this is not good for me it'll the outcome is going to be horrible it's just it's not what I want I and I learned to put an end to it and even though that was still rocky it was better to do that sober than to be yeah strung in on all the because when you're drinking you all those emotions come up and they are sometimes Mm -hmm. much more severe because you're not rational in a way people forget that drinking is a depressant alcohol is a depressant you're you're going to bring everything up and it's going to be harder things are going to be said things are going to be done that could be you never would have done sober or they would have been so much less volatile yeah and like you sometimes it has an outcome because you know like you might say something that um you wouldn't say sober that's that helps you and I feel Mm -hmm. like in time like that I've I've done that where um I was drinking and I kind of got the courage to be like no you know what like I'm putting my foot down yeah and that's cool but as soon as you sober up 
it's like, oh, I didn't actually mean that because reality comes crashing back down. Exactly. So like when you're just, just taking the time to be like, hey, like, how do I actually feel in real life without any influences that's people, alcohol, drugs, anything that's going to like, it can either make you feel like it's not as serious or it's more serious than it Mm -hmm. is. It can put you in a dark place, a really dark place. It can kind of bring light into your life. But at the same time, you're not going to know unless you're processing that without those things. Yeah. So like, essentially, just like, if you want to drink, do it well. Do it exactly. Healthy. Like I still time. forced myself into that like social setting, even when I was so unwell a few months ago, and just was like, you know what? No, like I have to suck it up. I have to go out. I have to drink. I have to be. I have to be 24, and I have to do this. And every single time I went out, I was miserable, mm-hmm. and I either cried or I left the bar upset and I was surrounded by people who couldn't understand why I was having such a hard time and it's because I didn't I didn't even let anybody in on what I was feeling I didn't let anybody in on the emotions I just wanted to drink them away and allowing myself the last few months to go to therapy and really like actually just sit and heal sober like Mm -hmm. I went out for the first time a few weeks ago and I had probably the best time I've had in years because I wasn't drinking to cope I was just going out to have fun and I was surrounded by people that I felt comfortable with that I knew if I had anxiety or I didn't want to be there anymore I knew that I could leave and that would be okay I didn't have to continue that negative cycle I didn't have to take another shot to forget about it like I could just say, you know what, I want to go home and be in an Uber 10 minutes later. And allowing myself that time to heal has completely changed everything. And now I can go out and have a good time and not feel all of this pressure from unresolved emotions. And I can be 25 and just go to a bar and have a good time. Right. I think like also, and we've talked about this before of like normalizing going to a bar and not drinking at all, like staying sober. We have been both at the same bar with with Mm -hmm. a group of people and we both looked at each other and like, "Mm, I'm not feeling like that. No. And we kind of had to like, we couldn't tell somebody we weren't drinking because they'd be like, no, you need a drink. Like you have that. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just like, hang out, lay low. I walked around with a beer in my hand for yeah. five to six hours mm-hmm. without drinking any of it because it was the only way that I wasn't bothered. And I yeah. was literally like, pretend to like, oh, I'm going to go get another one. Still holding the same bottle in my hand. Exactly. The only you know how many times that... I've asked for a water in a plastic cup instead <laughs> of in a bottle, just so nobody asks me questions. Right. And, but once you're able to do that and to decide, like, then you get to make the decision. Like the decision is yours for the taking. And it's no longer just this thing that you have to do. Like you can decide I want to drink. You can decide I don't. Whatever fits your mental health on that day. Like you, but that's, that's growing up. And that's like finding yourself and being able to say no to the people around you. And honestly, surround yourself with people who aren't going to question it. And who aren't going to say, no, you need a drink. No, you need this. Be like, all right, do you want to go dance? Want to go upstairs? 
Like I can, I'm perfectly fine with having a good time and also still being sober. Right. 100%. I mean, huge learning curve. Um, And I think as someone who like didn't underage, I mean, like I, I did drink underage, not promoting Mm -hmm. it at all, but I didn't go out. I never had a fake ID. So like when I was emerged in club culture, like going out, Mm -hmm. it was brand new to me. And I was like, this is so cool. Like I've been missing this for years. And then I was 22 and I was like, I'm over it. Like I, this is, I hate it. Didn't do it again. And then got pushed into it all over again and it's kind of like you're playing this game of like it's fun and I'm having a good time but I'm also overdoing it yeah you have to like maturing is literally reaching the point of like "Mm, I don't need to go out tonight like it's not in my best interest and that's the biggest thing I've learned and I I just want to lay on my couch and watch Netflix in my sweatpants I don't care if it's Saturday night (laughs) I was I like was consciously sober for almost a year or so Mm -hmm. like because I I just I was like I can't do it I don't want this for myself it's not healthy for me and the only thing I could do was not drink Mm -hmm. and like it wasn't hard I wasn't an alcoholic I didn't struggle with like needing alcohol at all but at the same time like it wasn't like I wasn't going through a bad day being like the only thing I could do is drink a beer and I'll feel like it it was I'm going through today's a bad day let me like journal let me meditate let me exactly and this is all while I'm studying psychology and like preparing Mm -hmm. myself to be a therapist like this isn't before college this is during yeah (laughs) and even when I started grad school unfortunately like I was still in a a bad place and not uh like something completely new and it was because of the relationship that I was in but I also had to like I was like, I, I want to be a professional. And I know that it was that it was the lesson. It was the first time where it was like, this is toxic. I can't have this. I need to cut it out. And -hmm. it was a long, hard process, as you know, but I remember, (laughs) but I I did it. And like, I have never felt like more powerful than when I was like this, like, that's it. Like no more, no longer serving me. Right. I mean, and it was never serving me. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. But acknowledging <laughs> it and actually having like the self-control to walk away is a completely yeah. different feeling. Yeah. And like, like the biggest thing in growing up, maturing and like knowing where you stand and how your mental health is because everyone struggles with mental health. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has a mental illness is the way that I Correct. look at it. Yeah. We all feel depressed. We all have anxiety at different times of our lives, but not everyone has um an illness that um inhibits that and like Mm -hmm. worsens it or you know I am not diagnosed with anything but I have struggled with mental health in my life like it has been something Mm -hmm. that has come up many times that being one of them and when you're you know like the whole thing of going to school for psychology and it's like don't read into it too much because you're going to think you have everything I never yep (laughs) (laughs) like I never had that happen (laughs) Um, and I look back at it and I'm like, was I just like, in a way, like putting walls up and not allowing myself to mm-hmm. process what I was feeling and how I was feeling. That's when I was like, mm, it's time for me to go to therapy. Like it's time yeah. for me to have these conversations with a professional who like will let me know. So I don't have to figure it out for myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really hard, even just being in the field. Like I, I, the amount of conversations that I had with myself in college, being someone that 
is diagnosed with a mental illness and does take medication daily, the amount of times that I took myself off of my medication and told myself, you don't need this, is ridiculous. Even though I know the science behind it. I have a degree in it. Like I'm well aware that some people's brains, they just don't make the right chemicals. But coming to terms with the fact and that you you actually need this. Like I need to take this every day in order for my brain to be exactly the same as someone whose brain is neurotypical. Mm-hmm. And I I still did it. I did it two years ago after graduation. I just I said to myself, I feel good. I I don't need this and that comes from society. That stigma comes from society. Because the first time that you tell someone like, oh, I forgot to take my meds today. Oh, it it just has this like connotation of crazy around it. And just because my brain doesn't produce the same serotonin or dopamine that somebody else's does, doesn't mean that I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. And that is a word that in my dark humor I use, but also hate. Yeah. Because having a mental illness, it doesn't make you crazy. And there are so many ways to treat it. There are so many like resources out there and available. But the biggest thing that I've learned is that you genuinely, you cannot help someone until they are willing to help themselves, myself included, until I hit rock bottom and was willing to say like, you know what, like, I really want my life. I want to be alive. Like, I want to have a good life. I want a future. And People had been telling me this for years. At the time, I was in an absolutely, I was with someone who loved me to death and would do anything for me and did. And I'm very, very lucky to this day that I was dating the person that I was because she kept me alive long enough for me to make that decision for myself. But at the end of the day, someone can tell you that you need to go to therapy a million times. They can tell you that you need meds or give you a diagnosis and it's not going to matter until you wake up one day and you decide that you want your life because no one else, even if you go to therapy, you can sit in a room and not say a single thing. And it's not going to matter until you actually put some effort into changing your life. Like you have to decide that you want it. And there have been so many people in my life that like, I have wanted it for them. I have wanted it so badly And I watch these people, I watch someone I love struggle and I give absolutely everything inside of me to try to make them want it. But at the end of the day, you just can't, like you just can't. And finding that within yourself, like I can tell you this, it it will absolutely change your life. Like making that decision is the best thing that I've ever done because I think about all of the things I've been able to accomplish since like and each thing like feels like this absolutely huge milestone now like I get like to think about the fact that like of how excited I was to spend my birthday in New York with you like Mm -hmm. to think about things like that when you think about when you were a kid and you didn't want your next birthday like you didn't want to be around you didn't plan to go to college you didn't you didn't plan to have a job you didn't plan to have a home or a relationship or kids or love like and to think about the sad sad small little person that I was at that time and to think about the person that I am now and to realize like how strong I am how important I am how thankful I am to be here the amount of people I have impacted in my life and to think about the future that I want and I have so much love to give to receive and it's just sometimes I forget 
sometimes I forget where we started and how far we've come. And this year, especially, I've spent a lot of time just looking back and like giving myself some fucking credit. Mm -hmm. Like I spent so many years making all of my accomplishments really small. Like, oh, it's just graduating. It's, it's, it's just getting a job. It's just this, but these things, they're fucking huge. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody in your life tells you, but if you're doing something that you love, then it matters. And yeah. still being here, especially on the days that you don't want to be, even if you didn't get out of bed, it matters. Yeah. And those days, they add up and they add up until you, you look at, you start to look ahead, which is something that I never thought I'd do. Right. And now I say things like my future wife, my future house, my future family, and mm -hmm. all of that, like, would have never happened. And now, like, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. There isn't nothing stopping you, not yourself, not anyone else. And that's, as somebody who is a mental health counselor, that is so powerful and, like, gives me chills, even though, like, I feel like I hear people talk about this stuff often. It still mm -hmm. is always so fulfilling to see somebody else reach that point in their life where they're ready to embrace the future and not be afraid mm -hmm. of it or not want it at all like that's that's a huge huge turning point it really like puts everything into perspective your future your past and your present like I'm sure like in other points of your life you didn't even want to make it until the next hour like that's yeah. how difficult it can be and now you're like hey like 10 years from now I'm going to be like here in my life and that's mm -hmm. huge huge Oh, crazy stuff. So. 100%. Um, just one question, because I haven't okay. asked any. Any. <laughs> um, we were talking about social media, being a mental health advocate, struggling, and all in between. How I've heard before that people are like, I don't trust, or like, who is this person who's posting mental health advocacy mm -hmm. on their Twitter and Instagram when like I'm sure they're struggling with something or like if you know somebody who does struggle with mental health but still post about like mental health advocacy LGBT like mm -hmm. being an advocate out there and it seems like it could be hypocritical yes what is your take on somebody having that type of perspective like what would you tell them from your point of view that thinking that someone's hypocritical yeah, like, I mean, I think that it, it, it's even, it's easy to like, even compare it to myself. I'm sure that there are people that will listen to this podcast and go, absolutely not. Like, I don't believe her. I don't this, I don't that. Like, everyone has bad days. And like I said, what you see on social media isn't 100% true. But if someone is being vulnerable enough to share that part of their life, then you don't get to you don't get to take that away from them. That is someone's story, and whether you believe it or not is on is on you. And also, if you think that someone is hypocritical, if you don't like what they post, if you don't believe them, you can also just keep scrolling. Like there are other things out there, and if something doesn't resonate with you, it does. You don't you don't have to form an opinion. You don't have to judge this person. You don't have to do any of that. You truly can just continue on with your life and keep going and I know that 
there are some times where I'll read something from someone and I'm like, mm, that feels a little fake. But then I like, I have to even take a step back as me and be like, who am I to say that? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get to form this opinion about this person. I see 2% of their life on social media. And if I don't like this, I can very easily hit an unfollow button, which is really important to recognize. Mm-hmm. Follow people that bring you up. Follow people that post things that you believe in. Listen to podcasts that you believe in that are going to bring you up daily. Don't, you don't have to feed into any negative energy that you don't want to. And scrolling on social media and hating what you're seeing or making fun of people or forming bad opinions, it, it, it doesn't do anything other than bring you more negativity. Like, and that's literally the reason why I asked, because I feel like I've heard that not only about like, you know, mental health and LGBT, but like, for example, and not to get into it fully, but like the Black Lives Matter movement, there are people mm-hmm. posting the black squares. And there was a conversation of like, but like, I know you don't actually believe in that. Like you're a hypocrite because you're advocating for something that like you go against. It's basically like the judgment of social media that people feel entitled to that they absolutely are not (laughs) entitled to. Mm -hmm. And just like the idea that uh, screens give people this like sense of 100%. Like I know that people will probably look at things that I post now and go well she was so toxic to me a couple of years ago and you know what you're probably right yeah. I probably yeah. was because I've made a lot of mistakes and I've hurt a lot of people but the person that I am now is not the person that I was then and maybe somebody posting that black square maybe that's them making it the decision to make a change maybe that's exactly. them exactly. deciding to start advocating to change their own opinions and Again, if you don't like it, you just don't have to look at it. You don't have to read it. You don't have to follow them. That's up to you. And from the other side of it, like you, once you post something, like you give people, people are going to form opinions of you. They're going to judge you. They're going to make their own assumptions, but you don't have to give those assumptions any power over you. You don't have, you don't have to decide your worth based on the amount of likes or the amount of comments or like anything like that. No one else's judgment has to affect you. You just have to be able to look yourself in the mirror every single day and say, I'm advocating for something that I believe in. And if nobody likes that, I don't care because Mm -hmm. it matters to me. And I can go to sleep knowing that I'm a good person Mm -hmm. and I did something that matters to me. People change, beliefs change, perspectives change. So just stop having something to say about someone else. The only way that someone is going to change is by doing it. Yeah. And exactly. Like how? how No, not everyone has made mistakes. Everyone has been has said the wrong thing. Everyone has posted the wrong thing. Like I am, of course, going to say that. Like I haven't always been perfect. Like I will sit here and advocate about Black Lives Matter until the day I die, but it doesn't mean that I also have all of the information. It doesn't, I don't have those experiences. That's not, I, I don't get to decide. I get to educate myself and I get to reach out to people and I get to hear other stories and give myself the education so that I can pass that on to other people who still are uneducated. And if you don't have the information, all you have to do is talk to someone who does education never stops you choose to stop learning you can choose to not care about anything that you don't care about 
but you're never going to change. You're never going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. And on the same note, like, as you mentioned, you're the end. There's always people who need somebody to talk to where just like, as is mine, obviously, like <laughs> being a counselor, like my DMs are open for people who obviously I'm not very close with, but may want yeah. some sort of service. If even if you are close to me, if I can't provide that service to you, I can help you find I will direct you like, to someone who can. Right. I'm always open for that. I'm always open to having those conversations. But at the same time, can I figure feel like something out. <laughs> right. There will always be an answer. There's some something that we can mm-hmm. do together to, you know, get you settled and get you some help. I don't know where I'm going with it, but I don't know. And if I'm <laughs> posting something that makes me seem like I have the wrong perspective or I don't have all the information, like I'm fully willing to be educated. Yeah. I am yeah. fully willing to have that conversation and to hear other perspectives and to recognize that my opinion is not the only one that exists in this world and everyone is entitled to theirs. And I am always, willing to learn I'm always willing to look at another side of things yeah and being able to be open to having that conversation is the first step in the right direction 100 percent speak truth all day <laughs> just keep going I know I sound like an absolute self-help book today but <laughs> that is the point sometimes you gotta read entire- one sometimes you gotta read one Listen, that's that's what the podcast is for and that's what this is all about is sharing your knowledge and you have plenty um for people who maybe wouldn't have these conversations that's mm-hmm. that's really the entire point we went to school we learned about all this stuff so it's easy for us to talk about it but for some people these conversations are brand new um yes and they're really hard yeah like I don't want anyone to think that like I just woke up today and was able to have this conversation this is years and years and years of work and accepting myself and doing what I can to grow because this is a conversation that I wouldn't have been able to have five years ago I would have hidden everything I would have never reached out for help and now on a bad day I can send you a text that says like hey, do you have the emotional like capacity to listen to me right now? Like, mm-hmm. I know that there are people that I can reach out to. And now I have the coping mechanisms and the ability to have those important conversations. And that's only because I was given the space to do that. So if we can create that space for another person, then all it's going to do is help people. Finding that safe space and finding those safe people is one of the most important things in your healing journey. Yeah. Agree 100%. Thank you for mm-hmm. everything that you said. Thanks for being a good friend to me and to others because definitely who you are and like core to your being is just being a person who helps somebody else heal. And that can be on a friendly level, on a professional level, whatever, on a passion mm-hmm. high level. I feel like <laughs> you literally might see somebody struggling on the side of the street and be like, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's figure this yeah. out. Let me help you out that's who you are and it's awesome keep doing it <laughs> and I hope like we can have another episode where we talk about more stuff because I feel like oh 100% no one if anybody listened to me talk health. for this long thanks so much <laughs> so sorry. we're we'll have a part two sometimes <laughs> yeah but thank you um and I will put all of your links in the description mm-hmm. for the podcast everybody can follow you and check you out buy your art I'll that be book here. that is 
you know, I don't know if you're still selling that, but I am. Okay. It's all out there. All there. It's all there. <laughs> and I will I will show that with everyone listening. Well, I'm so happy that I got to come on and be a part of it. <laughs>